the following program may contain adult situations and language that may be unsuitable for younger listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Live from the RTDS studios, this is Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo, proudly sponsored by National Fitness Training, with your host, Chuck Basti. Chuck's personal mission is to introduce the world to the people that motivate him on his inspirational journey into his world of infinite mojo. Here's your host, Chuck Basti. Welcome back to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo on Listen Up Talk Radio. You can find us on the web at talk-radio.ca. I just love that song. Yeah, I know. I believe in it's, miracles. It's in my favorite movie. Hot remember? Chocolate? No. Full Monty. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's in there where they're learning how to strut their stuff. I believe in miracles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Actually, uh, it's kind of a fitting start to the show here because uh, we've got a miracle child with us in the studio today, uh, Paul Rosen. Paul was the, uh, the best goalie in the world for sledge hockey. Uh, 2006 in Torino, they won a gold medal for Canada, representing his country, and three world championships on top of that too. And uh, he's a miracle child. He shouldn't be here right now. And welcome, Paul Rosen. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's an honor. You're you're quite welcome. Thanks for coming down to the studio. Are you gonna dole out free uh, goaltending advice? Because I mean, I'm a I'm a stellar road hockey goalie. I've <laughs> taken a few, you know, yeah. stones to the eye. <laughs> People rocks. ask me all the time to uh, to talk about the goalies in the NHL. So yeah, absolutely. Sweet, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna do a Toronto goalie clinic, right? Yeah, actually, we got a we got a full studio of goalies here today. <laughs> we're all idiots, all three of us. We are, we are. I'm taking eighty pucks to the head, have we? There's something wrong Jeez, with us that we want to get hit by a puck going eighty miles an hour, and we want to get hit by it. Like it's that's just weird. Like that's the sad part. I I, I always wanted to get hit in the face. Yeah, and so, you you and I've done very well. In that. Like I've had nine concussions. You're yeah. my counterpart for the nine concussions as well. A- absolutely, absolutely. Actually, you do I, know, I was going to say very proud of it, but I'm really not proud of the concussions. It's just a part of. Doing what business. I did and, and yeah. who I am, but uh, yeah, it's a, I pay the price every day for it. So let's go down that road then. Let's you know talk you know who you are and where you've been and what your path has led you here. Um, I was very inspired to hear about your story uh, simply because it, you know uh, I think in life people were given certain choices, Todd, and you know sometimes a choice doesn't come at you as you know pick your mom or your dad pick your you know whatever obvious. it is yeah it's never obvious you know it's like here's cancer choose it you know and we have that saying that whatever you resist persists and i think that when you choose something that um you don't like uh, but it's not going to change you have more freedom in choosing that app you know so basically it just becomes part of your life moving forward and and paul you've really done that too so uh, you know i understand that you had an accident when you're 15 you shattered your your leg in 15 different places or something like that and why don't you just tell us a little bit about your story sure it it goes back to 1975 i was like any kid i uh, i wanted to play professional hockey i i loved the game i was a right winger for the thornhill thunderbirds and midget back then it was midget triple a hockey we we were playing uh, the barry co-ops uh, good team in um, in barry in the old dunlop arena the arena does uh, not exist anymore it's been knocked down i i think it's a, a drugstore now but every time i drove by barry for in in that area on dunlop street i got the yips or the shakes because uh, it brought back so many memories and it was a it was a game getting ready to go to the 
Um, Russia, remember in 1972, the summit series, so incredible. Zero, yeah. So it was down to four teams. It was a Don Mills Flyers who ultimately went to Russia in 75, the, the Bear Co-ops, the uh, Thornhill Thunderbirds, and the uh, Young Nationals, Toronto Young Nationals. It was a regular game. I was coming behind the net to stuff a puck in the far corner. I was a big right winger, big and tough, uh, hard shot, loved to fight back then. And I caught a rut in the ice. My right skate got a rut in the ice. My body turned, my skate didn't, and I spiral fractured my tibia into my knee. So my shin bone broke in 14 places. I tore three of the four ligaments in my knee. And back then, that was pretty well it. The doctors wrote me off. Yeah. I, I had a tryout with the Richmond Hill Dines the following year, but they didn't even let me on the ice. Wow. So yeah. moving forward, after you have a, when you have a significant injury, such as especially for a knee injury, and you are a hockey player and, you know, where do you go from there? Well, devastation set in, and I've, I've had a lot of uh, bouts of depression over my, my life, and, and that's what really started. And the, the one thing I did, it's the only thing I really regret in my entire 53 years that, that I've been on this planet, um, is that I left school. I left school in grade nine. It's the only thing I really regret. I, I, I wrote and read at a grade six level, and one of the things I'm extremely proud of is I'm an ambassador right now for ABC Life Literacy, Jacques Demers and myself, Senator Jacques Demers, mm -hmm. a Stanley Cup coach. We, uh, we travel across North America and we try to um, get adults to understand that sometimes things happen to you in your life that, that aren't your fault. And you can, you can get better and try to, uh, to understand why it happened or you can just you know, go on with your life. For me, I knew it. I have three kids, a 28-year-old daughter, 27-year-old son, and a 25-year-old daughter, a two-year-old grandson. And I, the memories of when I first had my, my child, Stephanie, my youngest, my oldest, pardon me, um, making up stories. You know, we'd be reading and, and I'd be making up stories because I couldn't read. So I went back to school and uh, and I received my grade 12 diploma in um, in the year 2010, right after the, the, the Olympic and Paralympic Games in Vancouver, and at 50 years old, kind of like Billy Madison, I kind of make a, make a joke of that. I, yeah. I did the Billy Madison thing. I didn't have the gorgeous teacher, but uh, you know, hopefully the teacher that, uh, that was uh, teaching me isn't listening. Yeah. Well, let's go back to, um, to uh, when you were 39. So take us back to what actually ended up happening to your leg. Yeah, well, many, many surgeries. I, at 37 years old, I had a, a knee replacement, and, and knee replacements are incredible. But unfortunately for me, or in the way I look at it, fortunately for me, the, um, the, the replacement got infected. So from the year 2007 till 2009, I had surgery. Uh, pardon me, in, in 1997 and 1999, many, many surgeries uh, until 1999. And it's this weekend is I, I do a talk. A part of my talk is the three craziest days of my life. And it actually starts tomorrow. On June 8th, 1999, I was given three months to live. And tomorrow will be 14 years. I'm, I'm still... Uh, I'm still, still here, Chuck. I'm still, still living. I'm still, yeah. Okay, part of the reason why you're still here is you actually chose to have your leg amputated versus to die. Yes. So what kind of decision is that for you at the time when you're a big husky male? You know, you've got all your limbs and all your accessories, and now you've been given a choice. Okay, you got to lose one, and this is going to cost you your life if you don't. It was a simple choice for me. Like a lot of people that know me know the way I am, and I've had a lot of issues in my life, and I'm dealing with them. But... I never had the issue of, oh my God, uh, why am I going to lose? How am I going to live with one leg? I was like, you know, they told me at Thursday at four o'clock, and they were going to amputate Friday at nine a.m. And I was like, let's do it, baby. Where do I sign? Let's let's go. Because 
I looked at it immediately that living with one leg was way better than dying with two. As simple as that sounds. Mm, yeah. And I've never looked back on my leg. Many other issues in my life, never yeah. an issue from my leg. But see, there'd be a lot of people that would be there and they'd be like, oh, no, you know, I can't lose my leg. And, you know. I, well, not only can you just see, like, I'm just thinking if that was me in a hospital bed myself and, and, I'll, and I'll put myself on your side of the fence, um, thinking to myself, okay, yeah, well, I, I choose to live and I lose a leg, but then I don't choose to lose a leg. You know, I, I still think I'm going to water it and pray to it and it's going to grow back. And, yeah. you know, how do you live your life without, you know, a leg that you have and you're an athlete? Uh, where do you go from there? What was your thought process there? You live your life the same way as you did with two legs. You just turn to the right instead of turning to the left. So right away, I went to Variety Village and I looked into af uh, um, athletics for the disabled. I hate saying um, the word disabled athletics. It just, it drives me crazy. You know, I'm a disabled athlete. I'm an athlete who happens to be disabled. Yeah. Nobody has to tell me, you know, I took a shower a couple hours ago and uh, I stand on one leg when I shower. So every once in a while, if I slip and fall, there's no other leg there. So I know, nobody has to tell a guy in a wheelchair, a lady in a wheelchair, that she's disabled. We know that, that's just ignorance. But I'm an athlete. So for me, it was Variety Village, find out sports, wheelchair basketball, wheelchair rugby, not a big fan of being in a chair because I think it's disrespect. Respect is a huge word to me, and I feel it's disrespectful for me to be in a chair. I don't hold that against anybody else, but I can get out of the chair at any time. I have a leg. I have crutches. I have an artificial leg. So to be in a chair, I just couldn't do it. Then I saw the game sledge hockey, which was hockey. And anybody that hasn't seen sledge hockey, I, I, I tell you, watch the game at the highest level. You'll fall in love with it. I used to be four games. I used to say to people, come out and watch us play. And if you don't think it's incredible, way better than able body hockey, I'll give you your money back. I've never, in the 11 years I've played, never given a penny back. And I always watch that sport. I think you guys are crazy. Coordination you is absolutely yeah. nuts. There's a lot of crashing. Are, and ugh, those, these guys are like, they, they play hockey without abandonment. Yeah. They yeah. just they crash into Full each other on. like, disabled my ass. Well, most, <laughs> of the guy, most of the guys look at it that we've all had, uh, we, we've all been very close to death at one time. So, hey, man, what do you think you're going to hurt? There's you're going to hurt me. Yeah. I have a bunch of tattoos. And one of the first ones I had, it was about three and a half hours. And the girls kept asking me 15 minutes in, are you all right? Are you all right? And I said to her, please, Jen, stop asking me if I'm all right. I lost my leg. I can handle the situation. So <laughs> if I'm not all right, I'll tell you. You just keep tattooing. Like, you do what you have to do because you want to survive. I'm a wuss. I can't get a tattoo. Oh, man. I, I, too I remember the first time I got a tattoo, a guy he starts drilling on me. I said, okay, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. He starts drilling. I'm like, ah, I need a minute. And he's just like, whoa, like, I haven't touched you yet. I'm just getting close. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. I'm just like starting right now. So let's get back to the topic. Okay, so sledge hockey. Yep. So tell me about your passion in sledge hockey and tell me about your successes and how that's actually giving you an opportunity to transform your life with two legs that you weren't living a life that you loved to now living a life that you love with one leg and being a person of an ambassador of your sport. Well, I fell in love with sledge hockey immediately. Uh, becoming a goalie was a little different because I was a right winger in in hockey, able body hockey. But I was a catcher in baseball, and Carlton Fisk was my hero, Boston Red Sox catcher yeah. back Bill in Pudge. the seventies. Yeah, and so I saw so many similarities. And when I play a sport, I don't want to just be a part of the team. I want to be a huge part of the team. And, and and I just the first time I got on the ice, I I said this is incredible. And I remember at forty years old coming home and telling my wife at the time and friends and kids and that 
I'm going to be in the in the Paralympics in 2002 in Salt Lake City, and they thought I was insane. Like honestly, who starts a career at the elite level at 40 years old? But I was like, well, why? Give me a reason why I can't do it. Yeah. Nobody could, so I I started. And you know, I, I say you know the 11 years that I played this incredible hockey, the greatest game in the world for Canada, the greatest country in the world, my opinion. Um, but the 14 years that I've had one leg have been the 14 best years of my life, bar none. I wouldn't change anything. June 9th, 1999 was the greatest day of my life because it taught me how to live. Wow. wow. <laughs> like, oh, wow. I, I almost want to take a break, but we got three more minutes to go. You know, Todd, I, I hear something like that, and it's like you lose your leg. Like, if you cut my curls off, I think that would be the worst day of my life. And mm. my curls would grow back. You know, I know, I know a lot of my listeners out there. You don't there, want to be in that Michael Jackson commercial where you're losing your hair. Yeah, <laughs> Pepsi exactly. commercial goes up in a flame. But yeah. you know, it just it, it floors me that you have the courage to, you know, make a statement as bold as that is. That you know, you lose your leg and it's the start your life of your got better. life. Yeah, your life got better. It's amazing. It, it's it's been incredible, and 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 I have had the fortune, and and I say that uh, the fortune of meeting some of the most incredible people who happen to be incredible athletes. I mentor a lot of kids and, and I tell them role models are, to me, my dad's my role model. He's 83 years old, he's, he's just the best. And athletes shouldn't be role models because just because you're a great athlete doesn't make you a great person. And for me, it was- Probably makes you was, a worse person. <laughs> uh, well, it, it's every situation's different. But you know, people that, 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 that put uh, guys, basketball players or hockey players or whatever on a pedestal, you're just you're putting yourself up for a, a very sad situation because, you know, it should be your parents, your 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 family, friends, whatever people that are there for you, not not somebody you're watching on TV because they're great athletes. If so we throw get, the yeah, if we throw the term hero around, you know, too much. There's so many people that are more deserving of it than some guy that makes fifteen million dollars a year to take a couple swipes at a ball and yeah. call it a day. He's really good at putting yeah. a ball in a hoop or a puck yeah. in the net or something But, like but that. saying that, you know, they've been given a God-given gift to play a sport at Truly. the highest level. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got a lot of respect for that. But I don't just respect an incredible athlete because he's an incredible athlete. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of that, I mean, give us some people, after you had your leg amputated, obviously, you started a different path. Um, so give us the people that inspired you in the sport, uh, coaches, mentors, people in your life at the time that helped you get to where you are right now. Well, the two biggest mentors, uh, number one, Shane Smith, who uh, was 12 years old at the time, a triple amputee, he's 25 now, great friend. And, um, you know, he met me at Variety Village and, and he just sort of changed my life by by showing me that, you know, anything is possible. Like, who cares what people think? At, 12, at two years old, he had meningitis, ate away three of his four limbs, and this kid's the happiest kid I ever met. But in the game of sledge hockey, it's probably Greg Westlake, who is 27 years old now, the captain of, uh, of Team Canada. He made the team when he was 15. He was my uh, roommate mentored him as a as a little brother his dad was a ceo of royal bank had a lot of financial security so he didn't have to play this uh, when he was born his feet were, were turned backwards and they amputated both his legs mid shin the kid is to me he's a hero i just love the kid so much he's the best amateur golfer in uh, in canada um captain of team canada will captain the team yes i'm saying it will captain the team to a gold medal in sochi russia next year and um and and show the world that what happened in vancouver will never happen again it's easy for me to say now i'm i'm retired yeah <laughs> um 
Yeah, we should take a break. Uh, amazing story so far. You're listening to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo on Listen Up Talk Radio. We'll be right back after this short break. Hi, Gene Godfrey here from Classic FM, the album-friendly intimacy of progressive FM radio, reviving the atmosphere of the early days of FM, digging deeper into the albums and going pretty much wherever we want with the hour, completely unbound. I hope you'll join me for Classic FM, any volume, anytime on demand, and a new show every Wednesday in the live stream exclusively here at RadioThatDoesn'tSuck.com. We'll see you then. Cheers. Welcome back to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo, or as we like to call it around here, whatever the hell's on Chuck's mind, on radio that doesn't suck. <laughs> Welcome back to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo, and boy, I'm glad those microphones were off during the break. Yeah. It's getting a little raucous in here. <laughs> Three hockey players in a room together, it gets a little... Oh, okay, you guys are hockey players, I'm just someone that's stupid enough to stand up in front of other guys and, yeah, uh, not a hockey player. Well, uh, after the break, uh, what I wanted to talk about, Paul, is um, I want to talk about, obviously, the people that you've had the opportunity to meet in a position such as yourself. So, you know, uh, you're the best sledge hockey goalie in the world for many years. Um, so give us an opportunity to tell us who you've been able to meet, whose lives you've been able to touch, and, you know, take it from there. Well, I've, uh, I've been very fortunate to meet uh, Wayne Gretzky, Don Cherry, Ron McLean had dinner with the Prime Minister Stephen Harper. Some people would say that's not really we an honor that for me. Yeah. We picked up the tab. That's what <laughs> I want to know. For, for me, it was an honor. It was at Parliament Hill, so they uh, oh, okay. they took care of it. John Cretchen, a lot of politicians, um, a lot of incredible Canadian hockey players. The the ultimate for me, I wish I could have met Terry Fox. He's to me is the greatest Canadian of all time. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, it's been an incredible life and, uh, you know, been fortunate to win the uh, Rick Hansen Humanitarian Award. Only six Canadians have ever won it. Uh, the Queen Elizabeth Jubilee Award was presented to me by Stephen Harper and the Lieutenant Governor, uh, David Onley. Um, I, again, a guy who I um, idolize. So it's been it's been awesome. Yeah, he's one of my heroes as well. Yeah, mm. David Onley, he's done so much. Well, you know, when it comes down to hockey, so take us back to the dressing room. Yeah. So you're in the dressing room, 06 Torino Games. Um, you got a call from... Yeah, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, <laughs> now you got to remember, in, in 06, I was 46 years old, but we had guys, we had 11 guys on our team under 23. We had one guy on our team, 15. So even <laughs> though they know Wayne Gretzky, they've never seen him. Yeah. So Wayne Gretzky calls us, and he, it's just really the team there. And the, the call went just like this. Hey, and we're playing the gold medal game against the big, bad Norwegians, guaranteed to beat us. So we have Those no chance. Those ugly, mean Norwegians, yes. Well, you said that, not me. <laughs> but uh, maybe the guys, not the women. Yeah. Anyways, the, um, the call just went exactly like this. Uh, hey, guys, how's it going? It's Wayne Gretzky. And I remember Greg sort of poking me in the ribs and going, hey, Rosie, it's Wayne Gretzky. It was kind of cool. And he said, listen, guys, I want you to go out tonight. I want you to do something for me. I want you to play for each other. It stuck with me forever. So I want you to sit in your stall, and I want you to look to the right and look to the left. And I want you to play for the guy to the right and the guy to the left. And if everybody in the room does that, forget about yourself. This is a team game. Forget about yourself. Then you've won. The medal doesn't matter, gold or silver, because you've won because... The word disrespect is something I can't stand in hockey. 
never disrespect your teammates. If if the show was ours, I could tell you some incredible things that I've done over the years that I that I put myself maybe in harm's way because I'll never disrespect my teammates. That's what he said. We went on to be, uh, beat the Norwegians three nothing. It was the greatest gold medal game so far. Uh, I was very fortunate as the goalie to have the shutout and a lot of accolades after uh, after the game. Don Cherry got me on immediately on Coach's Corner. They were in Madison Square Gardens. It was seven o'clock at night in uh, in New York. It was like one in the morning in, in Italy. And when the phone was handed to me, it was like, uh, you know, Don talking to me. It was, it was pretty cool. Don Cherry's on the phone. Yeah, that's what? exactly what they said. It's another one of those, what? For, well, Take a message. I was, I was Take very, a message. I was very <laughs> careful because there was a couple of times, and it was live, it's Coach's Corner. They yeah. had me on the picture and the whole thing, and uh, and I had to be very, very careful not to say what could have slipped out as a gold medal in my hand, 46 MVP. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. So, you know, Don Cherry actually did you a favor after that as well, so it turns out to be quite a good friend of yours. So so what happened to your gold medal? So everyone knows the story that you your gold medal got stolen. Yeah, about, uh, about six months, seven months later, I was at Downtree Park in a, a ball hockey event with the late ball Probert, a lot of NHL alumni, uh, a lot of uh, girls from the from the women's team, uh, Cheryl Pounder, and a, a lot of different players there. We had probably seven or eight gold medals sitting on a table, and somebody decided to pick mine up and go for a walk. And I remember Cheryl Pounder saying, Rosie, where's your medal? And I said, it's right beside yours. She said, no, it's it's not here. And, and I, it didn't really get me until the next day. She called Cassie Campbell, who was just about ready to go on the air. And Cassie told Don and Don knew me. And then Don that night, he came on and he said, the rat who took Rosie's medal, I want you to give it back, put it in the mailbox and the police will not be involved. And um, a week, exactly a week later, the police called me that uh, they found it at Central Sorting on Eastern Avenue, downtown Toronto. Yeah. Got my medal back. You know, and I actually went and I've seen that medal a few times. And the one thing I love about that medal, although the medal itself is very pretty, it's just the ribbon. It yep. tells the story because the ribbon's all tattered. It's all beat up. It got caught in the machines, obviously. But, you know, like... It's a symbol of survival. And, you know, and so Absolutely. is Paul. You know, that, that ribbon is perfect for your story. Because just because it's been down and out doesn't mean that it's anything less than a gold medal. Yeah. They've offered me a new ribbon many times, and I refuse to take one because, to me, that's the whole part of the story. That is the story. Somebody took it. Somebody decided to give it back. Um, I truly believe it was because of Don because I think if Don wasn't involved, they would have probably just tossed it in the lake or whatever. It went on, I was on Canada AM three times that week. It was a massive story. And we don't win a lot of gold medals in this country. And when we do, you know. It's a big deal. Win your own. Like I, And they said to me, well, do you want, if we found the, the person, boy or girl, everybody says boy, but why couldn't it be a girl? Um, you know, do you want them to be prosecuted? And I said, no, because... I want them to learn the lesson of work hard and earn something. Don't steal it. Yeah. Like, it's not yours. I worked, you know, I, I busted my, my behind with my teammates to uh, to receive that gold medal. That actual person actually did you a favor. That I, person stole your medal, yeah. you know, took away what the entire country has seen you do and prove um, and raise awareness for your sport. For well, you. yeah, actually a week later, my agent uh, at the time said to me, it couldn't have happened any better yeah. uh, because the the IPC, International Paralympic Committee, already said that if two weeks went by and I didn't get it, they would give me, they have a, a surplus, a four or five extra for each sport that they keep in, in the, wherever they keep it, um, and they were going to send me a new one. 
So the fact that I got this one back, the fact that it opened the eyes to so many people that led to 2010 Vancouver where the world was watching the game of sledge hockey. Yeah, and you know what, I think that it's really important to watch, especially in our lives, because there's things that pop up every single day for us, and we look at these things as they didn't go the way that we wanted to go. And we have a certain vision of how we have things in our life unfold, and when it doesn't follow that way, it's either wrong or it's bad. Um, and it actually, in that moment, it's just opening up another avenue or another path for us to go down that road. And had someone not taken that medal, you wouldn't have had the exposure that you got and created you know, much more of a buzz for your sport and created awareness for that. So again, like w when you lose the medal, you think that's bad. And then yep. you get the medal back a week later, you get the medal back, and then all these accolades come down the road for you, and things open up for you. And and I really believe that, you know, as the universe supports us moving forward, that gives us opportunities. And just like you, you can choose opportunity that makes sense for you and go along with that ride, and then go down the path that you've been on. Like, you've had your leg amputated now, and you've freely admitted that your life has gotten better with one leg. Absolutely. It, it, it's choices that you make. I, I mentor a lot of kids who have um, become ill for no reason of their, it just, you know, they lose a limb, they have cancer. And, and the one thing I say to them when, when we get a one-on-one -on -one is very straightforward. You have two choices now. You have the choice in the path of positive and you have the choice of path of negative. There's the only two choices you have, but no matter which choice you take, your leg is not coming back. No matter which choice you take, your leg, I am the most successful person in the world with one leg, or I could be the unhappiest person who will have nothing and nobody around me with one leg. Once they realize that and go, wow, you know, well, this leg, it's a, that's just who I am. That's just the way it is. So why not strive for greatness instead of just settling for mediocrity and listening, oh, uh, poor Paul, he lost his leg, poor Paul. Well, screw that shit. I, I have yeah, no interest absolutely. in that. Yeah, and I think there's people out there that, you know, you take it you know, as a limb, which happened to you. You know, in our lives, it could be a job. You know, it could be a car. It could be something very, very replaceable that we look at and you know when we look at a bigger picture you know until and something like this always happens to the neighbor's kid you know it never happens to us you know in our minds you know and when it happens to us it comes down and it bangs why am i a bad person for it, this to happen it, well, to me, what right? did i do to deserve this yeah, you yeah. know and then like and just exactly like you said paul it comes down to what your choice is you know here's your choice and like i said choice doesn't come out of us is you know this is good or bad choose it's just like you know here is bad choose and what i'm beginning to learn and, and you know with this group of people that's in this room right now is that there's always a lesson there's a learning experience there's something you can take out of it that Perhaps you were, it was meant to happen to you for some reason. Absolutely. It's weird and as crazy as it sounds. I live my life that way and I truly believe it, that it was, it happened to me because I could handle it, because I could mentor people that maybe didn't think they could, because I could live this life and show everybody around my family that, wow, you know, this is not that big. And I don't believe that I'm anything special. I really don't. I just, if you want me to do something, tell me I can't. And uh, I'll be more than happy to do it. Hey, I just started doing hot yoga for the first time in my life. Uh, so I and I have no problem with somebody, a teammate, saying to me, Oh, Rosie doing hot yoga. You know what? Give it a shot, man. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. It's one of the toughest things I ever did. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough with two legs, alone with one. Like, I, I want to know, when did you when did you decide to, to really open up and... Uh, 
interact with other people to act as inspiration or act as you know here's what what's possible is that was there a defining moment or is it something you just sort of woke up one morning and said you know i need to do this um you know what it was about six months after i lost my leg when i saw the way my kids looked at me and they looked at me like i was their dad and that's when i knew i was walking through i didn't have an artificial leg and i had my crutches we were going through a shopping uh place to get the groceries and and stephanie my my oldest was with me she was 15 at the time and i remember her looking and talking to me like i was her dad it had nothing to do with two legs one leg one arm three didn't make a difference from that point on i knew i had an opportunity as an outgoing person i had an opportunity to help others cool so let's talk about that so what are you doing nowadays right now that's raising awareness are you working with anything well, I'm a motivational speaker. I've been doing that for years. I will never stop doing schools and talking to, to groups with kids. I am um, uh, just uh, a, a few days ago on, on Friday, I, I went down and I spoke to the, um, the the Ontario contingent of athletes, 400, just almost 400 athletes going to the Canada Games, all able body to uh, to really teach them about an opportunity that sport can give you in life. Mm-hmm. You know, the bulk of these athletes are never gonna make a profession at this, but there's so many great things you take away from sport that make you a better person. Um, corporately, I, I go into uh, to corporations to, to talk to them about overcoming adversity, and I mold a story to uh, to whatever the, the corporation needs. Uh, I, I work with March of Dimes, I work with Stop Concussions, it's very important uh, and near and dear to my heart. Uh, Kerry Goulet and all the guys, and I you know you're involved, uh, Chuck. I've had nine concussions. There's many days where I'm I'm in trouble and I don't know what's going on 100%. Uh, I'm starting to deal with uh, suicide prevention because I uh, I had a a about myself where I I wasn't sure whether I wanted to to be in this world or not uh, when I was at the height of my fame. And so it's really important to work with other groups and get people to find the greatness in themselves because everybody has greatness in them. Yeah, and I think the most important thing is just the support factor. If you're able to find people that can support you in the factor that you moving forward, you have a, we all have a voice inside of us. We all have a, you know, a, a thing that's near and dear to our, our, our message in our life. And when you can surround yourself with people of like belief system that way, you can touch, move, and inspire the world. And I really believe that. I totally agree with it. And Absolutely, it, and it doesn't always necessarily mean family for some of us. I mean, there's there's people that we that we meet and 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 decide to work with and and love and. And, and share and it doesn't necessarily mean those people that are as good intentions that family have sometimes they're not family yeah and i think absolutely that when it comes down to your path of you know you know you, you were thrust down a certain path and you didn't expect it to go that way and now that the path has gone that way you, you can see that people came into your life at certain periods of your time at the perfect moment to take you to the next level and if you have faith and like i said you don't need to have faith in god or whatever you call god or whatever you want to call faith and faith in humanity or faith in yourself but it, we really need that faith to make sure that people will come into our lives and give us that support and take us to that next level and that we're never alone in that and, and we always have that support and i think you have to have an open mind and the belief system that things happen for a reason absolutely i try to take everything that happens in my life and the people i meet and why things happen because they're supposed to happen that way Mm -hmm. 
So um, just before we go today, let's uh, find out where we can find you on the web, where you're speaking, what do you do in the summer? Sure. It's uh, it's www.paulrosen.ca. Um, you can YouTube me. There's a, a ton of different things. I, uh, I'm actually going to Israel on the 14th of July till the 31st. I'm opening up the 100th Maccabee Games. I'm going to be as a Jewish um gold medalist which there's not i know jewish and athlete really don't go together but uh, jewish and gold medalists definitely don't go together I can't believe so you i'm just actually said that. i'm coming uh, that's okay I, I can say it i'm jewish um i'm actually coming out of the games with uh um, prime minister netanyahu we're opening up the games to a hundred thousand people i've got a lot of incredible things going on this year with stop concussions and then ultimately just really getting the message out that anything is possible. Before we go, just tell us what you're really grateful in this life for so far. I'm grateful for my life. I really am. Good for you. Well, Paul, I really want to thank you for coming down today. It's been an honor having you in the studio. I love your story. I think you're an inspiration. I'm looking forward to work with you before in the future. Anytime, buddy. And I, I think I one thing I want to close up with is what I'm taking away from this is that you were given this opportunity because someone, something, some higher power knew you could handle it. And I think we all need to remember that. It's a lesson that we're given probably anything we can handle. You know, we're not really given anything we're not able to handle. So absolutely. Yeah. We'll take a short break. You're listening to Chuck's World of Infinite Moto, Mojo, Mojo on Listen Up Talk Radio. Hi, it's Paul Capricante, host of The Vinyl Experience, with a couple of magic numbers for you to remember. This is real simple. Are you ready? Here we go. Nine and three. Every Sunday at 9 a.m., 3 p.m., 9 p.m., and for good measure, 3 a.m. on Monday. This is all Eastern Time, your times for the vinyl experience. Chuck's world of infinite mojo, 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 mojo. Yeah, we stole that. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Chuck's world of infinite mojo with a J. <laughs> you know, there's there's one thing that I'm left with, and every single time I, I finish a radio show, I always take something away from it. And you know, in a situation like this, it, it makes me humble. Because, you know, here's a man who comes in who loses a leg at 39 years old and his life got better. And, you know, I look down and I'm, I'm able-bodied. I've got two legs and two arms. And, you know, I take these for granted every single day. I yeah. know I do. And, you know, I, I think everybody else, there, we do. We just get into our own world of what happens in our life and what's miserable, what's not working. We never have the gratitude of actually seeing what's my excuse. Here's Paul Rosen doing all this with his life right now, and he's lost his leg. And I, I what's my excuse? It's funny, you know, because I equate some of my uh, changes in life to, you know, losses of jobs, losses of relationships, you know. And those things can be replaced. Every but time. your leg can't. But still, the lesson you need to take from this, in my humble opinion, is that move forward. Just yeah. keep moving. And I think if you listen to the show, you've got that message that, you know, life comes at you and it's your choice in every single situation, whether you lose a leg or not. You know, Paul was brave enough to actually choose to be the best amputee that he could be. Yep. Cool. Well, uh, who's on next week? Are we gonna are we gonna play it by ear again? We're gonna, we're gonna, I have the the guests already lined up. I want to keep it a secret. Ooh, again. <laughs> All right, you can find us any uh, Tuesday night at eight p.m. on Listen Up Talk Radio on the web at talk-radio.ca. We'll catch you next week. 
Thank you for spending time with Chuck in his world of infinite mojo. If you'd like to get in touch with Chuck or Todd, the email address is feedback at radiothatdoesntsuck.com or call the feedback line 866-269-6155. 